Joining me on the platform today, again, my name is Andy, but uh, to my far right is uh, Tina Simons and uh, Jeremy and Jamie Lamb. Hello. And I ask them particularly to join us today to have a conversation about freedom. One of the banners is freedom, salvation, freedom, redemption. In the fall, we used to do it twice a year, but right now in the fall, we do uh, what we call a freedom curriculum, and it's a dozen weeks and then a weekend retreat. The retreat is actually right here. It's, it's a weekend event that we do here in, uh, in this auditorium, Friday night and Saturday. So it's a dozen weeks, Friday night, Saturday, and uh, we're going to talk to you about that. We invite you to be a part of it. If you've done it already, you can do it again. You have an opportunity to lead one. But it is a fundamental part of this particular congregation. Uh, I'd like you to put uh, Hebrews 12 up there, if you throw that up for me. Hebrews 12 says that we Siri is telling me what she found out of Hebrews. Sorry. <laughs> Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us or, or besets us, and let's run with endurance or patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, some say completer, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is packed with stuff. One of the things that I want to point out, of course, verse 2 kicks off with, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Philippians 2 tells us that it's God that works in us, both to will and to do. So even the will that we have is God. The willing and the doing is God. It's God that works in us. This says Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, which I find wonderfully empowering. It's as if I'm sitting in the passenger seat, which I am, and he's just driving along. Jesus, take the wheel. Right? That old thing. Right? Yes. That's what we want. Now, in verse 1, it gives this concept about having all these witnesses watching us. That can be probably a number of things. But then it says, let us lay aside, did you catch this? Every weight and the sin. You can lay aside sin, and you can lay aside weight, and those aren't the same. And we look at these banners, salvation, freedom, and one of the phrases that we say, out in the hallway, you could go out in the hallway and just turn in circles and read the walls. All of our values are right out there in the cafe. The big one that you can see from the road on purpose, with lights on, on purpose, it says, Jesus is the way. Everything else is a conversation. Jesus is the way, author and finisher of our faith. And then when you flip and look at the other wall, one of the things that it says, it says salvation and freedom aren't the same. There's sin and there's weight. And those are different. There, there's a difference there. You can be saved and not free. That is the exact point of what we're talking about with this freedom curriculum. We can be saved, have the righteousness of God covering our life, and not be free because salvation and freedom aren't the same. Just the same as I can be alive and not able to walk. 
or I can walk but not run, right? So the idea is that we bring people to know Jesus, connection with Jesus, connection with Christ, and then connection with others, and, this, and the way we do it intentionally is this freedom curriculum. So we're actually doing this intentionally to inform you and invite you to be a part of that fundamental cornerstone process of discipleship in this church. So when we talk about freedom, when you see the banner, we just talk about freedom, what are your, uh, what are your, first, what are your first thoughts? Wow, well, first thoughts about freedom and and I think about I think about the curriculum and then I think about the values that have been expressed across the congregation and through a service that I see that I saw from freedom and then you then I start thinking about my experience during the my my first weekend or the first time I went through the the curriculum as a participant and being relatively new in the congregation and feeling like what is this what is this thing they're talking about that's so important and I've been in church a long time, so I heard the story of Jesus. How is this, how is this different? And, and kind of going into it with the expectation that been there, done that. And, uh, but wanted to be part of the congregation and wanted to move and was going to say, I'm going to trust in the process and, and do that. And Jamie and I were relatively new in our relationship and did that together in the com complexities of unpacking that, unpacking things. Uh, so, so I think about the expectation of, I don't know what this really is. I've kind of, maybe I've already heard this, and I, maybe I don't need this. And who are all these people that I don't know that I'm going to be in this group with? So there's all of that. And then my experience during the, week, during the, the, the group of being able to pray with someone and having somebody pray over me was uh, was not typical to my experience. Yeah, so, so what's going on there yeah. is it's not just praying together as a group because I right. think small groups, we always start and end with prayer, but it's a community kind of prayer. This yeah. is different. Yeah, it's, it's di- you know, so then that really starts to build relationship as you hear someone speak over you in prayer and, and uh, those relationships that were new people that I was checking out are now valuable and really key, key people in my life. So that's, that's been super interesting to look back to say my experiences, my thinking about it going into it, the experience of the group, and then now having led groups and been involved in weekends and all of that, how it has, uh, has uh, built a, a picture and a hope in my life that being a kid in church, growing up in church, an adult in church, serving in church, that I, I maybe didn't have language for. So it gave me a... It kind of painted the picture and cleared up the edges of things and let me unpack things in a in a place that was uh, safe and. And you guys had a larger group. Yeah, Your we group had a large group. 14, 15. Yeah. Uh, Joe and Talisha led. Deli and Christina led mm-hmm. the group. Like there were those four. Yeah. Led led your that was three or four years ago. Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, right before COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that praying piece. Sometimes you 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 fill out a card based on the the topic of the day, whatever the Holy Spirit's talking to you about. You fill out a card and you bring it to somebody, and whether it was Deli or Joe, mm-hmm. one of them would pray for you every week, take the card and pray over you all week right. based on that card. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, that's not, not every, every group I've been in didn't, doesn't do that. Yeah. And that's something I value about this congregation. Jamie, how about you? What's, uh, what's first thoughts for you on freedom? Well, I had been here, what, three or four years probably before 
going through the curriculum and hearing words like salvation and freedom aren't the same and um, getting out of Egypt, but getting Egypt out of me, all those words, like they were very in, intriguing to me and, um, you know, I wanted to learn more about it. Um, so I think the, the short version for me was I was able to get a lot of stuff out of me and out of my heart to make room for new and more room for relationships and Jesus and um, But you were not thoughts. a new you were not a new Christian. No. You've been doing but, this a while. Yeah, but I've been at Christway for three or four years. But I'm saying you've been right. walking with God yes. for a long time and yes. you're talking There's about loving a, Jesus more, yes. opening space for things. Right. And getting um, those for me a lot of it was just those things that you hear or even the the things you tell yourself that are lies from the enemy and not of Jesus and getting those out and recognizing when that's happening and um, we've talked that those about aren't this. true. We've, ta we've talked about this in the past and that you said the word that you used was identity. The issue was your identity in Christ was not. Yeah, I mean, I always, I think my, I felt like it was solid, but um, I believed things that maybe people had said to me in the past. Um, and then, like I said, it's a long story, um, but more of just releasing that and surrender. I guess surrender is probably the word. Um, that that wasn't true totally opened up, I think, the space to, I mean, I, for him especially, to let him... Um, for our relationship to grow and grow together and serve here and grow in Jesus. And it's important to know that's the, that's the reason salvation and freedom aren't the same. We, we, you mentioned it. Salvation, we say, is getting us out of Egypt and freedom is getting Egypt out of us. And so the idea of some of the language and some of the, the stories that we were told and our paradigms about ourselves and the things that we have come to believe about us because someone that we cared about said it. That's usually the deal. It's someone that you don't care about. It rolls off your back almost all the time. But when it's a meaningful relationship and it's said, for some reason, uh, we hold on to it. And it's because not even what was said, but who said it. And then that becomes a defining uh, lens uh, for us as we move through our walk with God. And it also inhibits our ability to love and be loved and probably mostly the beloved part of worth and value and completion in who he is. Yeah. Tina, what's the first thought for you when we think of freedom? For me, freedom changed everything. I started coming to Christ way by accident <laughs> as a gift to my father for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I knew in my bones that I was supposed to be here. So I started Freedom as a very new believer and came to the table with a lot of, I'll just, just sum it up as messiness and shame, a lot of old stories. And so for me, Freedom is about clearing. I, so I had already come to believe but I needed to clear the space of 
those old stories in a way that was supported, safe, accepting. So that happened for me through the curriculum, the actual content, getting into the word learning, what, does God, what God says about me and who I am was really important. But also doing that in a group and with leaders where there was this consistent reflection that I am loved, I belong just as I am, and that I don't have to live this way anymore. That freedom, true freedom, What's coming to mind right now is that it's for freedom that Christ sets us free. That's a pretty profound statement. So this, for me, it was the culmination of all of these new experiences coming down to, dear sweet Tina, this is what I, this is what is true about you, this is what's true about the world, and this is how uh, I want you to experience life, free, loved supported. It changed everything. It really did. What's interesting about salvation and freedom, salvation is the righteousness of God, right? And, and to be righteous doesn't mean to be good. To be righteous means to be innocent. And so when we're innocent and we have God's righteousness, we're innocent. I'm innocent before God, but I know I'm not innocent. Anybody else? <laughs> He says I'm innocent. My favorite verse in the Bible is Romans 8.33. Who brings a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. To be justified means to be made righteous or be made innocent. God says I'm innocent, so I'm innocent. There is a disconnect between being innocent and feeling innocent. And a lot of this curriculum is about the embracing of that, doing the work with those things where I am actually living life as if I'm innocent. The definition of shame is self-directed resentment. It is a resentment that I have against myself, right? And so uh, you can pick it up in your language. As counselors, we're taught to do that, right? We pick up language, and I can't believe I, and oh my God, I again, all that, that stuff, this directed stuff. And you know what? You're saved, and if you get hit by a bus, I'm sure you're going to heaven, but you're not living life abundantly. Jesus said, I came to bring life and life more abundantly, life to the full. So that's really what this is about, is that life to the full. And I will say that uh, prior to coming to Christway, prior to coming to Jesus, I've done conferences and therapy. I'm trained as a therapist. I have all of these worldly resources for healing that I had experienced before, but also am, have the privilege of bringing to, with others. This is different. It was, I wasn't expecting such a heart, soul, level transformation through this process. And for me, I think the, my, one of my biggest takeaways is that um, connection, safe connection, loving, belonging, that matters so much, but also being in the word and learning to be with words of life, a way of being free, not just talking about freedom, but using the word and also the words that get to come out of my mouth with other people and with myself as a way to be 
free. I have, of all the things I've ever done, this was the experience that allowed me to be a different way. How would you guys speak to the, the extension of the 12 weeks, right, into your living? As Tina says, this, this wasn't just a 12-week thing, great job, high five, enjoyed the group. This is intentional about an experiential living. Like I said, the relationships that you build and the... The intimacy of those the, relationships. The intimacy of those relationships, and it's... I'm going to... It's weird. Uh, um, because, because it's... I see you, and now I know you see me. And... There's, there's a comfort and a peace and an awkwardness in that, that that says, when I see you, I know that you really care when you ask me how I am, and I know that we have enough foundation to have a conversation that can be really short, but really meaningful. And so... That, that has been what's been super meaningful to me, that it's like if somebody comes by who's been in my group or if I, it doesn't take, it doesn't take 12 weeks anymore. It takes, it takes 12 seconds and there's now a connection that we feel like we have this, this foundation of community and relationship that makes joy a lot easier to find. And what you're bringing out is the green banner over here with the green banner over here. I think we all get connected to Christ. I think we get that part. Connection to others, the reason it's free, is not you're just hanging out with them. Children, when you do some of you know this, you, 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 you plop two toddlers down, whatever it's called before toddler, when they're just, you plop them and that's where they stay, that's age. And you have a play date, and you act like they're playing together. Those kids aren't playing together. Their little bottoms are touching. They don't even know the other one's in the room, right? That's a mom date or a dad date, right? Uh, we're not talking about parallel play. We're talking about the connection to other people when it's freedom because I am transparent and authentic and you know me and see me and I have no reservation and I have no shame and there is no resentment. It is not parallel anything. It is I am open, I am an open book and we have shared that and it has been safe. And it has been held with grace. Yeah, and unpacking those things, being in, doing it just once probably isn't enough. I mean, moving from being in the group and then I'm going to be done with it probably isn't enough because these are principles that you have to live and they have to take root in your life and, and then they come out in your conversation and, and then you hear, hear it reflected and then it's, it fertilizes itself with you know, when I hear it from Jamie, when she is able to, hey, you're not speaking words of life over yourself right now. And, and when I hear it from old group leaders and people who've been in my group, and it, it's like a garden that grows together and pollinators come and life comes out of that. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen in one group. So being able to move from being a group in a group to leading a group, because once you're, if you're leading a group, you're also in the group. I mean, you're, you're experiencing right. those things and unpacking some of those same things again. And, and It's a group that promotes vulnerability. James, James 5 talks about healing. Right. Any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the pray. church, anoint him prayer. And it goes on, confess your fault one to another yeah. and pray one for another. For what purpose? You'll be healed. That you may be healed. 
confession and putting it out there is about healing. That is about actually being well, not just being alive. In, in, in recovery, we say we are not just going for sober. We are going for sober and healthy. That's right. How about you, Jamie? What are the extensions um, into life? Extensions, I would say, I, I just said it this week, like I don't hang out in shame and guilt. Um, it's just not, not that it's not an issue, but I learned how to work through that. Yeah, you drive by instead of camp there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's also, it just becomes a lifestyle, I think. Um, you know, as a mother, as a wife, uh, I'm a teacher, so extending that grace and um, to others is foundational, I think. There have been quite a few times that I'll be in my house and I'll hear Melinda talking to someone and she'll, they'll be calling her in a crisis moment, a struggle. And I will hear her say, grab that freedom book. Go into this chapter. Go into the scriptures in the back. What is the Lord saying about you? What is true? So under my, freedom is the cover title. And uh, under mine, I just write like, what's the truth? It's the truth that makes us free. What's the truth? What's the Lord saying? I know what we're feeling, but what's the truth? Now, as leaders, uh, you, you guys as a couple led a, a group. Interestingly, it was in your home, right? And Jeremy, you took a group of guys and went in one place. Yeah. And Jamie, you had uh, the ladies in another place, right? And then we co-led, Melinda and I co-led a group with you. Uh, yeah. We did that kind of a, a mixed more, group more traditional, table, yeah. yeah. And Tina, you uh, co-led a group with Jeremy and Kelsey, right? So how about, so for participation, if you haven't done it or if you've done this group, and frankly, here, here's, if, I'm a, if I'm a pastor in your life, there are folks that I have seen that go through freedom. And at the end of the weekend, if I had a little measure, I would say 85%. There's more to do. Okay. We talked about the making of a miracle just a week ago, right? Okay. Take that step. If you need to do it again, do it again. Do it again. Uh, you can participate in it a couple of times. And there are some folks through the years that I have recommended to do that. I'm like, you, need to, you just need to go through it again. Uh, you'll be better prepared. You kind of know what's going on. You can do more work. But when you lead, you're in the group, yeah. but stuff happens for you at a completely different level. That was my experience for sure. Yeah. Uh, how about you guys? I, I think the different level is the, the vulnerability that you kind of are receiving from people. And that's, that's a, special, a special place, really a place of honor, it feels like. A special to, trust. Yeah, that um, we are, you know, if you've been to our house, we are honored to have you in our home. We are honored that you would open your heart to us, and we are blessed because of that. And so that's probably why we lead, because we know that. We know that we are blessed to have the privilege to pray for you and over you. We are blessed to have you share a meal with us. We are blessed to have Jesus look at your mess and make my mess. Because that's, that's how I feel like when, and as a group leader that my life, speaking life over you, is really speaking life over me. It lets... Because I, I know, that's probably what I struggle with, is like, Jesus' forgiveness is for you, but he's not going to, that's really not for me. I should have known better. And where shame creeps back into my life is that 
I should have known better, so I'm going to wear shame and guilt as my, my penance for my, but Jesus' sacrifice is, is good for you. So as we get to do that as leaders, uh, that becomes more true for me, and I, I process that lie in a, in a, different, in a different way, and I'm so blessed to be able to do that. That's one of the points that if you've lived for God a long time, but if that's your space, like I should know better, and the I should know better part, okay, you should know better, okay, all right, but it happened, right. whatever, yeah, and you live in that. One thing I need to probably clarify is in the 12 lessons, uh, you actually get a workbook, and you do the work through the week, so this isn't show up and we'll teach a lesson. You actually, some pages are 15, 20 pages in the chapter, filling things in, writing out scripture, huge engagement with the Word of God and your introspective. So you're actually doing stuff through the week, and then you show up at the group, and we just discuss. Is, is your favorite lesson as a leader the same as what it was as a participant? That's kind of a... I'm, That's I'm, interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, in fact. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Melinda uh, has different colored pens. She should show you. It'll be under a glass case one day. Her freedom book will be under a glass case somewhere. Like, it is, every time she does it, she does a different pen color. And it is new stuff every single time. Uh, there are three different sections. I'll just tell you how we address it. There's, there's three different things. Uh, lessons 1 through 4, 5 through 9, 10 through 12. 1 through 4 is the stuff that, that we do to ourselves. Anybody get in your own way? Right? It's the stuff we do to ourselves. And we're releasing that. Now, I taught this for, frankly, years before that realization hit me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Lessons one through four, that's the stuff we do to us that we need to forgive and release. Lessons five through nine, that's the stuff other people have done to us that we need to forgive and release. Lessons 10 through 12, we have an enemy of our soul who is on us, and we fight that. My greater appreciation has come from those lessons 10, 11, and 12. I didn't really have that because I was working through my own junk mm -hmm. in those first nine lessons. But my appreciation of worship, that's expanded. So that lesson later on has you fight the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. This is how we fight our battles, that kind of thing, right? That's been a, a change for me. How about you guys, your experiences as, as leaders? Yeah, expanding on what, what he said, um, just the privilege of having people in our home and, and the vulnerability and the the joy of seeing the growth and the change um, and the, the bonds that are built. Um, and then just growing myself and, like you said, seeing things differently because you're in a different space by then and, and God's going to show up wherever and show you new things. So, Well, complete transparency here. When um, when we I completed the first round as a participant, it was extremely powerful for me. And I got the word that I was supposed to lead. God <laughs> dropped it in during a quiet time one morning, and my response was, are you kidding me? Who am I to be leading people through this journey? And uh, again, my, I learned about spiritual warfare and doing battle, and my immediate response was, I will do whatever, whatever I'm called to do in this space. 
And so I stepped in as a leader for a group that was already very well established with a large group of friends who all did CrossFit and I did not. <laughs> and being connected to people in a way that is vulnerable and authentic and real and in taking a stand for each other as a way to honor Christ, speak truth over each other, uh, that was just as transformative for me as it was being a participant. So I would like to invite those of us who have completed freedom to be open to the ways in which we can serve those who are going through as a participant and to not count ourselves out. Because the truth about it is, this is if God is the author and the finisher of my faith, the way that I serve is part of how I also grow uh, into the truth of who I am. And so just throwing out the invitation, if you... I serve is how I grow into the truth of who I am. <laughs> I'd write that down. Thank you so much for saying that. The way that I serve is how I grow into the truth of who I am. Frankly, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. You need to put it to practice, and you'll grow. Thank you so much. I defer back to you. And it really, I think what's coming to mind right now is just the acknowledgement that our job is just to be a vessel. That's it. So I showed up in my own messy humanness. Um, I am by no means perfect, but I'm still on that path of, of seeking and, and growing and and learning more, becoming more grounded in the foundation, my job was to show up as a vessel, to be empty, to be available, to receive the word from the Lord so that it could flow through me into the hearts of those who were, who were participating. And really, frankly, it's not that hard to be a vessel. <laughs> you just, you get to say the surrender prayer and then trust and know and believe for the word that is going to come flow through you into other people. What a gift. What an adventure. It was so, it was so enriching to, to serve in that way. I was just going to piggyback on that, that I felt those same things like, you want, you want me to lead? I, like the not, I'm not worthy of doing that. And that was another one of those reminders of, nope, that's just those lies that are being filled into your head and so that was another area of growth and really it's like all the things she said it's serving in a way is it's kind of a selfish move right like because you get like filled more but I mean you're not really doing it you're doing it out of love but you're also benefiting yeah, from that for sure yeah I'm gonna ask you just a moment maybe just a comment about the weekend what you might have experienced on the weekend. So we have these 12 lessons. And what's very, very important if you're going to sign up for this, it's consistency. Uh, it, it, you need to hit them all. You need to be there. And, and we take that so seriously that if you're not in the group, we will meet you somewhere else later in that week to cover that lesson with you. They really do build on each other. It's kind of a unique curriculum that builds. And then you have this basically 24-hour weekend event from Friday evening into the middle of Saturday afternoon. And that is super important. So when Melinda and I first went through it, they were telling us, uh, so the 12 weeks is like 25% of it, and the weekend is 75% of it. And I'm like, are you, are you 
are you kidding me? Like a weekend, 75% of it? No way. And then we did the weekend and we're like, maybe it's 80%. <laughs> like it is full. And it is preparation. It's, it's opening the ground, tilling the ground, peeling the onion, preparing our heart for a convergence of the Holy Spirit to speak to us, talk to us, work in us. So as we close out today, uh, any, any thoughts about the transformational power of that particular weekend? It's very hard to communicate it to people. You just kind of have to yeah. trust us, go through the process, and show up. What, any, anything at all that you might share before we close? Uh, if if uh, you've done like a mass or some, so many things are very refreshing in a, in a weekend like that where you go to weekend retreat and you just feel so energized and refreshed. And uh, the Freedom Weekend is more like surgery. And you have been, you've been prepare, preparing with the Holy Spirit and he lets, we trust him and he does, he reveals things that you you're surprised to get revealed. And then as, a, as a, somebody who gets to pray with people on the weekend, the power of that is really the Lord's glory. I had a guy that came up to me at a restaurant, and I was like, I recognize you, but I can't remember your name. And he was in Jeremy and Kelsey's group, and I had prayed with him several times over the weekend, and he came up and thanked me so much for that. That glory goes to the Lord, and he's the surgeon, and he's the one that has been preparing preparing for that moment. And if we're on the weekend, you just get a watch, and your role is maybe hand me, hand me a scalpel, but it, it's a... Uh, he's the surgeon and the healer yeah. in a way that doesn't make any logical sense. So, yes, it feels like surgery at moments, but then there's this divine healing that gets to occur in the midst of it all. Yeah. I don't want to freak people out. But it's surgery, not a, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> surgery's big and scary, and it, it takes recovery, <laughs> but the work of the Lord doesn't follow the same timeline. as it. That's what I think the convergence piece for me was the miracle of the whole experience was the surgery and the healing and the connection, the love, the freedom, all at once as a culmination of all of this pulling up and out that the 12 weeks got to be. And when it is powerful, and a lot of times that particular Sunday, it will be just a worship fest in here, which shouldn't be a surprise. There have been 75 to 80 people in the word, praying for each other, singing, praying, scripture, singing, praying. So we've, we've been doing that for three months, and then we show up on a Sunday together, like that's how that would work, right? So uh, it is a kind of a comprehensive uh, healing, discipleship, depth. Uh, I'll tell you before we, we go, we're going to step off here in just a minute, and Jeremy's going to be able to close us out today. Um, you can go on the Church Center app, and on the Church Center app, uh, it will give some opportunity to give some information if you'd like to be a participant in one of the groups, if you'd like to be a leader of one of the groups. In order to be a leader, you need to have gone through as a participant. But if you are wanting to be a participant, give some information. It's like the days you can't meet, the days you cannot go as we form groups, shirt sizes, thing, you get a cool shirt like this, right? Shirt sizes, things like that. 
uh, pretty straightforward. And then we, we trust the Lord, and he has not failed us. In the 10 years that Melinda and I have been doing this curriculum, he has just not failed. People come together. There's chemistry. There's history and experience and compassion that just filters through, filters through the whole thing. So I encourage you uh, to listen to that prompt. And uh, this is how important it is. We dedicated a whole morning to be able to share this with you. Uh, our goal is not just life, but it's life to the full. So uh, we'll be able to put our mics here right in the seat. And Jeremy, you can close us out today. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Jamie. And everybody stand with us. I want you to not like do an aerobic circle, but um, take a panoramic look around the room. And if you make eye contact with somebody, great. But, but acknowledge that we have, we're in the space of people who, for whom Jesus died. That's also you. When you look at others, don't forget you too. And so freedom lets us spend a ton of concentrated time in that space. Kelly talked about sharing telling yourself the gospel. The gospel is amazing. It's broad in, its, in what it covers. And it's pointed when it needs to be. It, it's healing. It's challenging. It's freeing. And we become bondservants to it, and it's joyous. All that. The gospel is huge. So when we talk about sharing the gospel with ourselves and unpacking what that means, that's kind of what freedom is. We look around the room and what we need to hear and who needs to hear it is everyone. So as you see people this week, as you run into each other, because we want to be a, a church that's not just Sunday morning, but as a, a Monday through Saturday church, we have the privilege of sharing the gospel with each other. First with ourselves. And that's the reason to celebrate. So as you look around the room, some of you are thinking, where am I going to lunch? Who am I going to lunch with? What am I going to get done this afternoon? And guess what? As you're going, you're making disciples. And all those are places where you encounter people who maybe not even need, don't even know that they need the love of the Lord. But you guys do. That's a special place to be. So thank you for being in this special place with us, unpacking some maybe complex emotions, but they're all built on a story whose author perfected it, finished it. No need, no need for shame or guilt and because he wrote the story. So we celebrate right at who wrote the story together with everyone we meet. So let me pray over you and you go and live a life of celebration. Celebration that the, the author of the story finished the story. Heavenly Father, we thank you for finishing the story. For it being your faithfulness and your righteousness and your hope and your perfection
that we get to own. So, Father, help us let that sink in all the way. Help me let that sink in for me all the way. That I would overflow with your hope everywhere I go. I thank you for these faces who share your light, represent you, bring glory to your name. Jesus' name, I praise you for this morning. Amen.